This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Marisa, um, thank you so much to be here today. I'm so excited to talk to you about writing, which is one of my hobbies. And actually, I have to confess that yesterday I had my first writer's block. It never happened to me before. I usually write my my newsletters every Sunday. And this Sunday, I was blocked. I just started, and at some point, I couldn't keep going. Did it happen to you? And <sighs> Yes, writer's block is one of those things that everybody faces, but I feel like so many people... You know, we push back against it and we're like, oh, it's not real or, you know, oh, I, only people who don't know how to write face writer's block, but really everybody faces it. I just, I firmly that we can get over writer's block by just empowering ourselves to keep writing, even if it's not good and we can always go back and revise later, but it's just that getting over that initial hump. So yes, I totally know what you mean and I can relate. (laughs) It was horrible. It was really, really horrible. It was even traumatizing, I could say. I was like, okay, I don't know how to keep going. Normally it just comes out. And I say, you know, I cannot do this today. Maybe I need to take a break and keep going. But I mean, you're an expert. So Tell us about yourself because I want the audience to hear it from yours, from you. How did you start writing? How did you know that this is what you want to do? Such a good question. Um, I always enjoyed writing, even when I was really young. I have a, a running joke in my family that I was five years old and I was writing like mini chapter books because I was. <laughs> um, so it's always been something that I cared about. I just never knew whether or not it would become a career. And you know, when you're working in the writing industry, sometimes it's like if you don't make it big, people are like, oh, it's not a very realistic career path. But I, you know, I heard all that doubt and I was like, well, I'm still going to pursue this anyways. And um, I I always knew I wanted to write and it wasn't until college that I really started to move in that career path. Um, I worked for a big name journal, like right out of college and that kind of experience and just the the quick pace and working with so many people just really inspired me um, eventually to part ways and start my own business. Um, And I just really wanted the opportunity to work with so many different people. And really writing is one of those things that no matter your age or your experience or your job, you know, anything, writing is so valuable in every context. So I just really wanted to help people figure their, you know, their own voices and um, just really develop their craft. We're going to come back to that because the voice is something so special to find your own voice in the writing. And this is something that I talk to a lot uh, to all my team, my clients, and is something that we always go over. But um, I, for uh, probably you don't know this, many people don't do, know this about me, but my first degree actually is in screenwriting. And, oh. and what I was hard at the beginning when I moved into digital, I had to learn to write again. It's not the same way that you write for uh, for scripts or for um, news or even for paper or for a book that you write for online. And over the years, even the way that you write a blog was changing and you need to keep adapting. And then with social media, it, 
is changing all the time, the amount of characters, and you need to keep changing. So how how do you adapt to all this and how can you make sure that you keep your own voice? Yeah, one of the things that I would really suggest um, is just researching different trends in the industry. Like one of the biggest things right now for being an online writer is having SEO, so the search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like that is always changing, but I think just researching and looking into um, some of the, the big SEO companies and what they recommend and kind of keeping up to date with that just really helps you to learn the strategies. Um, and, you know, that kind of lays the foundation. But in terms of voice, like you can follow all of the SEO guidelines and do everything by the books. But what's really going to make your writing interesting is when you kind of lean into who you are as an individual and kind of let that natural voice come through. So I always suggest to my clients, you know, pretend when you're writing, like you're having a conversation and write as if, you know, you were just letting the words flow. You can always, always go back and edit. But as long as you let that natural flow, if you will, come out, then that's what really helps to kind of get past the formalities of writing and really into who you are. And then you can always go back and add, you know, the right language, the right keywords, how many, you know, characters, that kind of stuff. And how about finding your own voice? How do you, when you're coaching someone to write, how do you teach them to find it? How do you go uh, about that? Because that's really hard because yeah. I know that I, how methods I use to work with my team, that they are professionals in finding the voice for my clients and all the ta tactics that we use, which is not easy either. But how do you uh, work with an individual who is just trying to write as a hobby or um, well, the, the voice and the conversations thing is really big. I think getting somebody to kind of like what I find that people really struggle with in terms of voice is they put roadblocks in front of themselves where it's, you know, well, I don't know what my voice is or I don't have a voice or they're trying so hard to be a mirror of somebody else's voice that they don't really know what they are at the core. So I like to coach my clients through a lot of conversations and a lot of just like, I call it a brain dump where it's literally, you're just, whatever's coming to mind, you're just pouring out onto the page because the editing process, it's never something that happens quick. You know, it's something that takes time and takes effort and you go back and revise. So if you can get those initial thoughts out first and see, okay, what feels natural to me? What, you know, do I like short sentences? Do I like long sentences? Do I write with emotion? Am I very matter of fact, like asking yourself those questions, it's helpful when you just get it out first because then you can always kind of carve in and figure out, okay, I don't like this. This doesn't seem like it's me. Oh, this does seem like it's me. And then you can pick things from other, um, you know, writing that you admire, try different tactics. Like it's a long process, but I think it really starts by being open to letting your own perspectives and your own thoughts come through without that, you know, heavy handed editing pen. There is any format that you struggle more than others? I think for me, the... I don't know. I, everybody has different formats that they struggle with. I think for me, it's trying to sit down and write a, a very formal piece of writing. Like I can definitely do that, but I think when I can interject my own, you know, personality and um, emotions, I'm really big on putting emotion into writing, even if it's, you know, leaning towards professional. So whenever I can do that, I feel like that 
is, you know, more of my brand, if you will. So the professional like cut and dry is more challenging, but I think all of us, you know, even if you're not quote a writer, challenging yourself to write outside of what you're comfortable with is really valuable. What about doing research about you're writing a blog about something that you don't know and you're not interested in? How do you go about that? That's hard. Um, It depends, you know, if, if you're doing it for a reason, always look back to what that reason is. Like, are you writing because you are passionate about this company? Okay. If you're not, are you writing it because you're passionate about this job? Like, are you becoming a freelance writer and you just really want to grow your income? There's always something, um, you know, there's always a reason why you're doing something. So even if you don't like the research end of things, you know, you can still kind of go back to that core reason and lean into that and, kind of push yourself to do what you don't want to do. The research is not fun for anyone. Um, but if you can really, you know, get past that, that hurdle and be very purposeful about, okay, what, what are the topics that I'm researching? What are the, you know, the main points of these topics and kind of create an outline for yourself to guide the research. So you don't feel like you're just Googling random things. How much time did you give yourself to do a research and how much to put it in paper? It depends on the length of the piece. Um, and I think that's going to be different for every person. I know for me, if I'm writing a you know 500 word article, I might need to give myself an hour for research. Um, if it's a topic that I kind of know something about, might be less. Um, you know, however long the piece is, is going to dictate how much you're researching. Um, the amount of, you know, your familiarity with the topic. There's kind of a lot of factors, but I would say that, you know, what's going to help you as a writer is giving yourself plenty of time for the research end of things, for the revision end of things, so that you don't feel pressured by a deadline to get something done. And then you don't like the end result. What about sharing your, what you write with other people? Do you get um, opinions? It depends again. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really big in emotional writing. And so I've kind of built a career um, on the premise of being very vulnerable through my words and really uh-huh. putting them online. So I, I, I love that about you, <laughs> by the way. But, and, and that's, I think one of the things that uh, your writing was so attractive to me, but I... I, I'm asking you this because I don't know if you read in one of my last blogs, uh, newsletters, I want to say that I had a whole situation about the blog, that in, about a newsletter that it never came out because I asked for too many opinions and they actually, <laughs> they were given to me. So it, my newsletter was modified so much that it wasn't mine anymore. Yeah. So I felt, you know what, I cannot send this. Yeah. So, I mean, just writing that and putting that out there is just such a a vulnerability. And I think when people connect with other people's words, it's because they see themselves in that writing. So even if you're writing something that's, you know, maybe professional, I think there's such a benefit to like leaning into the emotional aspect of it. And even if it's something professional, can you be authentic about, about what you're putting out there? And then, you know, the opinion aspect, like, I think it's great to have some trusted people in your circle that could maybe look something over. Like I have a few clients that are working on full books and, you know, yes, I'm their editor, but they also have a trusted family member who does the first read through. And I think that's great. Um, But yeah, sometimes when you get opinions from other people, it ends up tweaking the content and sometimes it takes away from what you originally created. So I think finding trusted people, not having too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen, if you will. Um, 
but then also when it comes to publishing your work, especially if it's something that's emotional or creative, finding ways to really push yourself to get it out there. Um, but always think, you know, what if my grandma saw this? What if my, you know, ex-boyfriend's mom saw this, you know, like keeping that in mind too, that when you put content out into the internet, people will see it. And that's amazing. And that's also terrifying. <laughs> uh, totally. And how do you feel about having that little box underneath for comments? Yeah, it's, uh, I have had some terrible comments in my career. I've had some amazing comments. I think it's good to comments and take critical feedback, but I think it's also important to remember who you are and why you've created something and recognize that people's negative comments don't really change who you are as a person or as a writer. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And also sometimes the pieces that we write, it means something to us. And yeah. it's okay just to put it out there because we feel that we have something to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if it means something even just for one person and touch one person, I think it's okay. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it too. A lot of people get so worked up about, you know, is this going to go viral? Is this going to be the biggest piece ever? And sometimes it won't. Sometimes it just affects one person, but that's enough. And it's just, that's what it takes one person at a time. Yeah. It, that's it. Uh, I have so many questions to ask you about grammar, intention, because sometimes w- we're working, I mean, as you can hear, I have the lovely accent, of course, but grammar also was such an issue. And so people come to you because I have kids, everyone knows that. And I have to say that I'm a little concerned sometimes about things that I read. Grammar is not incredible in the written content. Sometimes I'm concerned of what I read online, I read in blogs, and it's, I feel like in blogs or online, grammar is not as important, which upsets me. Yeah, I wish that wasn't the case, and I don't think that's anyone's intention. I just think sometimes content gets published without the critical eye that it would have, and it depends on the, um, you know, the outlet, if it's a like educational magazine or vertical, you're going to have people that are critically reading that. But if it's somebody's blog, or even if, you know, it's a larger brand blog, sometimes things will slip through the cracks. And that's really difficult. Um, it's difficult for me as an editor. I'm like, Oh, this is so frustrating. Um, but things, you know, it's like partly let's chalk it up to human error, but then let's push people to be better because when people are searching things online, how easy is it to come across, you know, something and, and read it as truth? So yeah, I think it's so important for just the whole industry as a whole to try to be better with things like grammar because that is the resource that people are using to to write. Also for me, it's a lack of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the biggest challenge for me uh, to learn another language. I had a very big, rich vocabulary in Spanish, and I that was my goal, to get the same one in English. And I read a lot in order to get it. But I find now that I said half of the words, or a lot of the words, and people don't know what they mean. So it's like, okay, am I wrong? Did I say it wrong on... No, they just don't know it. So mm. I found myself holding back some words because the vocabulary is getting a little more limited every day. Yeah. And that 
that again makes me sad. It's like we're losing the, a rich vocabulary. Yeah. It's very, I feel like even harder for people who English is not their first language. I have several friends and clients who are in that boat and just trying to help them learn, you know, the rules of English and the, like you said, the extensive vocabulary and then compare it to some of the slang that we have and the social media language and things like that, where it's like, you know, how can we, how can we push each other to do better? Vocabulary is something we study in school, but then I feel like it gets neglected a lot of times online and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, well, in education, I mean, there's a huge issue in education in these times beyond COVID and all that. There is so many, I don't know how it's for you in San Diego, but in Los Angeles, we have so many people as English as a second language, which is Mm -hmm. very challenging too. So the, the proficiency in English every time is lower and lower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of challenges that we have. So let me tell you, let, let, let me ask you, um, if someone got, comes to you and say, okay, I want to become a, a blogger, where do you start? I usually start with my clients and just really trying to hone in on their message. You know, why do you, well, first, why do you want to become a blogger? And that kind of reveals the message in itself. And then you know, what purpose are you, um, you know, what are you going to bring in the specific niche or in the specific blog that you're wanting to create? So let's say somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to be a parent blogger. It's like, okay, awesome. So what, what do you have that is kind of like your niche as opposed to all the other parent bloggers? Because really in any, um, any facet of a, of the writing industry, if you will. There are so many people who are all doing similar things. And so it's really important to kind of carve out your space and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do that's going to be unique or different, or this is the perspective that I'm going to take. And even if you're writing about the same type of concepts as somebody else, having that kind of angle in which you're going to present your words to the world is really valuable. So I always start with that, you know, what's your why and how does that why lead to your specific message? I want to talk to you about a new style of writing that it came came across now with social media, which is sales or salesy writing, which is for ads, Facebook ads. Um, we also email sequences, newsletters. How do you feel about those? I guess it's kind of the same way I feel about writing in general is, you know, you can have something that's sales driven copy, but how are you going to a make it different and B make it yours. And I think that really comes to the emotion and to, you know, figuring out what your, your messages that you want to share with people, because anybody can write, Oh, you know, join, join my coaching services or invest in this product that I have. But why should somebody invest in that versus something else? If you don't show them, what makes that unique and what makes you unique. So I always like try to carve the sales copy around that individual aspect. So how you create conversion from a sales copy? I think it's based on authenticity because 
you have to have a, you have to, a lot of times it's storytelling too, but where does that storytelling come from? Authenticity. And like, if you're very um, authentic and you have a very strong brand voice for your sales copy, then people are more willing to trust you and kind of say, okay, this person either knows what they're talking about or is very passionate about this topic, you know, whatever makes sense for your business or your you know services. But establishing that brand voice and that authenticity of that brand voice really helps with conversions. And then of course, you know, you have to have some kind of call to action and very good descriptions about what it is that you're actually selling or advertising. And that kind of all in conjunction creates the copy that makes the conversion. And let's clarify something for the audience. Just writing a copy doesn't mean that immediately people will go and buy something people need brand awareness, they need repetition, they need to see a product and they need to see the ad multiple times to for the purchase to happen. Even if you have the best copy in the world, it won't happen or it's very unlikely that it will happen the first time. Um, I just want to uh, put that very clear yes. out there. <laughs> yes. And also I want to um, ask you something else because there are so many people that come to me and say, I, have, I want to um, create a blog. I want to put it. I have my website. What else can I, can I publish my blogs? There is any places that you recommend people to put their blogs out there? Well, I think writing in general, so a blog, um, you know, create a website and if that website functions as a blog, then you can put your writing on there. I would say, you know, try to get your writing out there to publications. Don't um, double submit. So if you're going to send something, let's say to Medium, don't also put that exact piece on your blog because that actually hurts SEO for both platforms. But, you know, try to recreate content so that you have some content that's going to platforms, some content that's going to you, you know, snippets of that content that goes on social media. Um, those are the big ones, I really think. But, you know, just um, encouraging yourself to actually get it out there because there's so many great writers, but sometimes people will just keep that to themselves. Like, I'm just going to write it in my journal. Like, no, get it out there and see what other people think. And that also helps you to grow and, you know, interact with other people in the industry, et cetera. And, okay, so what are the reasons? Why would you encourage someone to get a writing coach? Well, one of the things with writing, and I, I just firmly believe this with any age, is you know we can always improve in our writing, and writing is so fundamental in everything that we do. You know, think about as you go through your normal day. Maybe you're emailing a boss, or maybe you're emailing a client. Um, maybe you have to do a write-up for a proposal, or you want to pitch yourself to a potential interview. All of that involves writing, and those are just a few examples, but it's really endless. Like writing is a core component of communication. And it's something that we can always learn and grow more purposely in. So that's like one of the biggest reasons. But then if you are working on a specific project or you really want to figure out kind of like what you said in the beginning, like what is my voice and how can I find it? Hiring a writing coach is really, you're focused in all of those sessions on really finding what makes you unique and figuring out what message you have to share and how you can take that and spread that across all the platforms that you have and really grow with intention. So whether you're working on a small project, large project, building a brand or website, or just really want to strengthen your craft, I think those are all really good reasons to invest in a writing coach because we need people to help us and, and work through all the different obstacles. Um, and writer's block, you know, you mentioned writer's block. That's another thing. Like we all face it. And sometimes just having somebody who's guiding you through that and reminding you, okay, you can write, here's what you can do. Here are some tactics and tricks for getting through it. You know, all of that kind of stuff. 
Oh, you remind me again that I need to go and finish that that <laughs> vlog. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I know I can do it. I'm going to get to it tonight, I promise. And don't tell my team because I need to give it to them to, <laughs> two days ago. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here. I really thank enjoy you. having you here and for all these tips and probably if I be, I cannot get this vlog blog done or, I keep saying blog and it's a newsletter. <laughs> newsletter then I'm going to call you tonight so I can get some help. Sounds good. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great to share some thoughts and look forward to staying in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.